Hello, I am Katerina Sliva. I am a partner at Dentons in the Real Estate Group. I am also the head of our Land Use Planning, Municipal and Development Law Group. I help our developer and landowner clients secure zoning and other development approvals for their projects. I am the lead of our Canada Smart Cities Think Tank. I am also your host for the Smart Cities Chat Podcast Series, brought to you by Dentons. This podcast series covers a broad range of topics within the Smart Cities space. Everything from drones, communication, 5G, privacy and related issues, P3s, transportation and smart mobility, sustainable, smart communities, and much, much more. You can find our episodes at www.dentons.com on our podcast page. There you can access our episodes as well as an episode description for each topic and information on our speakers. And now over to our podcast. For our next session, uh, we have uh, one of our Dentons partners, uh, Panyota Daphniotis, in the corporate group. Um, She is speaking about intellectual property issues at the heart of smart cities. Panyota is the national lead of the intellectual property group. She is an IP lawyer, advisor, and strategist with a practical mindset and deep experience working with clients ranging from startups to global corporations on the development and implementation of integrated IP strategies to protect their innovation. She helps her clients identify, protect, mitigate, and manage key IP risks and opportunities across their businesses globally in a holistic and strategic manner. Her work includes IP portfolio protection, commercialization, supporting digital transformation, strategic partnerships, co-development, and technology collaboration, and allocation of IP ownership. Panyota has also been an IP lead in legal working groups for Canadian trade and regulatory associations, submissions to the Office of the Superintendent of Financial Institutions and the Canadian Competition Bureau. Thank you so much, Panyota, for joining us today and we look forward to um, your insights. Great, well, thank you. Um, Perfect, Well, well, thanks for that introduction. I appreciate it and I thought what I would do um, as we, uh, we aim to talk about IP issues at the heart of smart cities, uh, is to begin maybe with a bit of an overview on IP rights and the driver uh, for seeking IP protection. And then um, I thought I would just sort of touch on some of the common IP issues and questions that arise in the smart city context. So um, most commonly in, in, uh, in the IP landscape, we talk about copyrights, trademarks, patents, and um, trade secrets. And uh, at a very basic level, IP rights are exclusionary rights that are given to authors, inventors, and businesses for for their ideas, for their inventions, for their valuable information. And um, we are living in um, an intangibles economy, in a knowledge-based economy where the vast majority, uh, I would say, of corporate assets are in fact intangibles. And in this knowledge-based economy, the, the economic value is of these intangibles is captured through the IP system and the rights that it confers. And really that's what transforms intangibles into these, I would say, tradable economic assets. So IP protection uh, for a company's innovation is considered uh, and well known to be uh, a best practice. And uh, the reason for that is simple. It creates value. It allows a company to preserve and protect their ideas, their innovation, 
their competitive edge. Uh, it does create these identifiable uh, and valuable corporate assets that can, can really support business objectives because we can't overlook the fact that these IP assets are, are business assets and um, supporting business objectives is quite, quite key in the creation of these assets. Uh, they can be leveraged to create uh, opportunities uh, to generate revenue through the commercialization or monetization, whether that's licensing or some sort of commercial uh, transaction. Uh, they can be used as well to, uh, to attract um, investment, uh, which, which matters uh, a fair bit for, for many companies, especially these days, can attract uh, collaboration with other parties, which can lead to more innovation and um, expansion. Um, in terms of business activities and can attract acquiring companies. So why is all of that relevant to smart cities? Well, um, as we know, smart cities uh, and smart city technologies collect, analyze and use data to improve city life. Uh, and smart cities use the Internet of Things, IoT devices such as um, you know, connected sensors and lights and meters and um, all of these, these things we've heard so much about over the, the course of this summit to collect and analyze data. And then the cities, of course, use this data to improve infrastructure, public utilities, services, and of course, um, and so much more. So smart city initiatives, we also know, really uh, do involve public and private sector partnerships. Um, and you know, two two entities that come together together, two organizations that come together with a long-term goal. And sometimes those initiatives involve uh, you know just a few parties. Um, and sometimes those initiatives are much more complex, like the Smart um, uh, City Initiative with Sidewalk Labs in Toronto that we've heard about, uh, and we know so much about. That is quite complex from a legal perspective, but also involves uh, dozens of public and private stakeholders. So the interests of all of these different parties is extremely relevant to what the IP issues will be. And that's uh, what I'll get to in more detail in a moment. So what are the kinds of IP questions that arise in the smart city context? I'll start with copyright because truly that's probably one of the um, the more uh, common topics to arise. And, and a key question that comes up um, in that context is uh, what smart city data may be protected by Canadian copyright law? And at a really basic level, the Canadian Copyright Act um, protects you know, original, literary, dramatic, music, musical, and um, artistic works computer programs, such as those that are used to, to run smart city platforms, are generally considered literary works and can be protected by copyright law in Canada. Uh, copyright law may also be used to protect the data that smart city technologies collect and analyze. Now, while facts are not, and I should be clear, facts are not protected by copyright, data can be protected by copyright if um, it is considered to be an original compilation. And I, I certainly don't intend today to get into um, you know, what the law considers to be an original compilation and how the law goes about assessing what um, is an original compilation. But I think the bottom line on, on that is that data may qualify for copyright protection. And the copyright owner has that exclusive right to reproduce 
the work that's protected uh, under copyright law. And so that really is, is, is very key uh, as an issue uh, when it arises in the smart city context. I, I wanted to mention as well, flag an interesting uh, point around uh, machine generated works. And the law really does continue to evolve globally on who owns machine generated works. But I, I thought it was interesting to mention that as smart city technologies uh, become more complex, become more interconnected, digital devices and platforms may begin to produce their own copyrightable works. Um, so certainly something to, to keep our eye on. Now, open source, copyright protected software versus open source is certainly a topic that comes up um, a lot. And we can probably dedicate a lot of time talking about open source. So I'm really going to uh, be keeping my comment to this um, quite high level. But some smart city technologies, I would say, uh, is it's reasonable to expect that they do use uh, an open source license. And as, as we know, uh, an open source license is one where the source code and sometimes the hardware plans uh, are made available to the public and using and modifying the code is subject to certain rules, I'll say, um, under the license that uh, comes with it. And there are, as, as we know, many, many different kinds of open source licenses with different kinds of rules. And um, there are certainly great advantages to using open source uh, licenses, but um, it is extremely important to be aware of the fact that all, um, not all, all open source licenses are created equal. Uh, not um, all of the, the, the rules that govern those licenses uh, may work in, the particular, in a particular project and compliance with those license requirements is essential. So uh, at this point, patents uh, is the next uh, point that I wanted to touch on. And I think patents often get um, the lion's share of attention in, in many IP discussions. Um, but the question there is, you know, how does patent law and um, patent uh, rights that have been secured by companies impact the development of smart city technologies? And again, uh, I would say at a simple level, patents um, offer inventors offer uh, owners uh, this limited time monopoly on the right to make users sell their invention. And smart city technologies may and likely do uh, in many instances have patentable aspects such as um, a novel sensor, hardware, um, inventive connectivity mechanisms, uh, new um, information processing methods and the list will go on. But for smart city technologies to interact, to communicate, exchange information from different sources, there is this concept of interoperability that you've, you've heard a lot about um, and which I'm not uh, intending to get into here, but patent rights may affect all of those different aspects that are essential to um, how smart city technologies need to operate. And I thought it probably would be interesting at this point to, because we really are talking about the Internet of Things um, in uh, at the core of this. And I thought it would be good to shine a light a little bit on the um, on the value of uh, IoT 
from an IEP perspective. And there is a study that I, that I uh, came across that estimated the, that the potential economic impact of IoT would be somewhere between maybe three to six trillion by 2025. And, um, and of course, as we know, the applications of IoT um, extend into healthcare, into manufacturing, power, security vehicles, et cetera. So I say this because we're talking about par uh, private sector participants um, in smart cities. And as market players compete to really realize the potential value that the IoT um, space promises, um, they will certainly be looking to safeguard company interest and investment in their innovation through many different means, including IP protection. So while smart city solutions offer many opportunities to, um, for innovative companies, protection will be a top priority, I would say, for those companies and acquiring patents will also be part of that strategy. To get a, a sheer sense of volume of patent rights that may be relevant to the smart city equation um, and, um, and how these partnerships come together, um, by the end of 2019, I think there were um, 38,000, approximately 38,000 IoT patents uh, to date in the United States, and that's only surpassed by uh, China, that, uh, where there, I think there are somewhere around 42,000 IoT-related patents uh, to date. So that's, that's a lot of volume. Um, so I think you know, the takeaway from that is to remember that this is a very robust area for patent activity and patent rights that are relevant to, uh, to smart cities. Trademarks, uh, quite simple uh, in comparison. I think trademark issues arise in the smart city context, mainly around licensing. Um, so more specifically, if branded innovations are intended to be included um, in um, adopted in, in smart cities, um, there would be a question of uh, seeking permission through a license from the trademark owner. And then I think finally, um, data, which is you know, so central to smart cities. Um, there's, I, I guess, a lot to say about data and the rapid expansion of the data economy. But from an IP perspective, it really does raise serious questions about who owns the data and what data ownership really entails. And in, in many different jurisdictions, data could be kept confidential um, and protected that way, but there are vulnerabilities to data in, in protecting it that way. And so companies do often seek to um, find other forms of protection. So um, as I mentioned earlier, data can be protected um, under the Canadian Copyright Act. And uh, that being said, I do emphasize that oftentimes that protection is considered to be thin, but it is, it is um, a, a point to, and a very important point in the Swan City context to consider from an IP protection uh, perspective. Um, I did want to close off maybe just talking for a moment about cooperation and collaboration. And I think uh, early on in this summit, Michael asked a great question about the tension that exists between private sector um, and perhaps public sector uh, participants around IP and an interest and willingness to share and use IP. And 
we know, as has been talked about, that smart city um, development really does involve partnerships uh, by, by many different parties. And uh, when we layer on top of that, that tension that Michael alluded to, and uh, the fact that you do have a number of parties coming together to work together towards these, you know, a long-term goal. When you layer on top of that, that you may have multiple parties coming to together, not just to cooperate, but to actually potentially co-develop and collaborate uh, to develop uh, smart city capabilities and technologies. There really is a layer of complexity that's added to all of this in terms of the, um, uh, the issues to keep in mind. You know, I set the table earlier with uh, talking a fair bit about the, the reason why companies seek IP protection to protect their innovation. Um, and that really is, uh, as I said, a best practice in a, in a corporate IP strategy. But as companies come together potentially to co-develop in, uh, in smart city ecosystems, um, companies will want, uh, for the most part, will want to own what they create and what they invest in. Uh, wisely, they will try to avoid joint ownership. Um, and practically speaking, it may be quite challenging for participants uh, coming together to actually identified, uh, identify sorry, what was created, who created it, um, and uh, who owns the resulting IP in these innovations. So there's a lot of complexity in these commercial arrangements as uh, parties try to come together in the smart city context. Uh, that being said, we know that there is a, a direct link that's well recognized between collaboration and innovation. And I think smart cities do benefit tremendously when parties can come together and collaborate. So um, those tensions do exist. There are issues to be aware of, um, and there are ways of resolve, resolving them. Uh, as, as parties come together to collaborate. And so what I would close off with in saying is that I think all of these IP um, considerations are relevant to collaboration. I think for that collaboration uh, to be successful, there was discussion about balance. I think balance uh, in, in everything is important. I think though that IP rights should be understood and the right to use IP should also be understood. Um, uh, certainly understood, well identified, and um, a partnership model that really facilitates um, everyone's success and understands and values the IP needs and interests of the parties coming together, um, I think will we'll really uh, fuel sort of strong capabilities uh, in smart city development and uh, an improvement to city life. So I, I think um, that might be, that's a good place to, uh, to end. Dentons is a global legal practice providing client services worldwide through its member firms and affiliates. This episode is not designed to provide legal or other advice, and you should not take and refrain from taking action based on its contents. Please see Dentons.com for legal notices. Speakers from this podcast episode and any other professional in our group will be pleased to speak with you on today's topic or any other topic related to smart cities. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for other episodes in our Smart Cities Chat podcast series.